on this episode of Scale Talk. It's a, it's a weird thing when something goes viral. It's not even my first viral video because on TikTok, I had something that hit like 4 million views. Nice. But it was like for like my microwave or some shit. Like I was, I bought a box of clay, put the clay in there and I have some retro microwave. It's cool, but not like 4 million views cool. But if you look at the comments, it's like, dude, where'd you get your microwave? And, um, <laughs> it, but it's just like- Doesn't that micro- suck though in a way? Like you got 4 no, million like, views, but it's like because of your microwave and not your work? How do I ride this wave, bro? Like, like yeah. start, start a microwave business. <laughs> Scale Talk Podcast with David Miniatures. This podcast is sponsored by Nine Steps Industries. They are my supplier for tweezers and nippers, as well as other tools I use every day in the shop. A little bit more about them later in the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to episode four of the podcast. I'm David Miniatures, last podcast of 2023. Today I'm joined by Caleb Hernandez, also known as Caleb Creates underscore on Instagram. You can check him out there. Caleb creates amazing horror-themed sculptures and dioramas. This stuff is out of this world. You really need to check him out. Before we start the podcast, just a little bit of context. Um, You know, we're on episode four. We've been getting some amazing feedback on the podcast. So thank you all, uh, 2,000 of you who have uh, listened and chimed in. Uh, Please don't forget to subscribe. Let us know in the comments if you have questions about the podcast or things you want to hear in the future podcast. Um, The format of this podcast, just to clarify for everybody, this is not an interview. This is just me sitting down with a fellow maker and just shooting the shit. Um, It is not an interview. I do not have a pad filled with questions. They have questions for me. I have questions for them. Uh, So for anybody that was a little bit confused about the format, that's the format. Um, some of my guests may come back and we may chat again. With all that aside, I will let Caleb introduce himself and tell you a little bit about him, what he does, why he does it, how he does it, and uh, I will interrupt him with questions. Caleb, take it away. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Caleb Hernandez. I'm 28 years old. I'm a sculptor, do dioramas, dabble in both worlds. And I started doing this during the pandemic. You know, when we were all in lockdown, uh, I was messing around on YouTube, saw some dioramas, felt like I should try it, started doing that for a couple years, and turned into sculpting uh, mostly horror stuff, like the grittier stuff. I kind of vibe towards that. Um, Well, yeah, that's pretty much how it all started. It was during the pandemic, so I'm very new, self-taught. Uh, came upon David Minisher's. It was your Jason Voorhees diorama he did. Saw that on Google. Because I was looking That's for stuff. That's old school. That's yeah. 2013. So this is before, because I just watched one of your episodes. You said this is before you were like documenting stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I have no videos of it. I have no making of. I, I have literally like the pictures I took on my website uh, that I was using to try and sell it at the time. Like that's all I have from yeah. it. Yeah, dude, I saw that on Google. Um, so I was like, what, what kind of dioramas are out there for Jason Boyer using? Yours is one of the first ones. I couldn't tell it was a NECA figure though, but it was. But I know you said you customized it or something. Yeah, yeah. I I ripped up all all the plastic clothes and and repainted it from scratch. I did my own fabric clothes on it. Uh, For those watching on YouTube, uh, I'll pop it up on the screen because it's a a pretty old one. Uh, I usually repost it around Halloween time every year. Um, Because as much as I love horror and would love to do more horror the way you do, every time I try, I just feel like that's not where my clientele is. Um, usually when I do horror, I do it for myself and then it ends up selling. Uh, but I don't get that many uh, horror commissions, unfortunately. Cause you're mostly like in the eighties, 90 retro back to the future type stuff, right? That's your yeah. niche. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, I mean, you don't regret it cause I know you love that stuff, but do you, you kind of want to get out of that box sometimes and just kind of start doing other stuff? Um, not really. I mean, it like, you know, s- similar to you, right? Like you, you do horror cause you're oh. a horror fan. Um, I started doing Back to the Future and then all that stuff before this was even a business. Like that's what I did because that's what I like. Um, it's just I also like other stuff. I also like horror. I also like Batman. I also like, you know, so, you know, I love Marvel and DC, all that stuff. I would love to get commissions for that. Um, but that's where I kind of made my name, right? So every once in a while, like I get commissions for random stuff all the time, like hotels and buildings and more commercial stuff that is not necessarily retro yeah um so I'm, I'm always forced out of my shell and get to do different stuff 
you know, so right. it's, it's not bad. But I would just like to do more horror. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, that was the first piece I saw. I was blown away by it. I think it was like an instant follow, looked you up. Um, so, yeah, no, I love your take because there's a thing with horror where I can kind of be, it's almost lazy because you can cover up maybe like a lack of detail with like grime and dirt and make it look, you know what I'm saying? Like whether yeah. that, and I mean, blood and yeah. But all that stuff would just make it look super Asian. Like there's just all this history there with your stuff. You create that with just so many details, with like so many fucking small little details, like the Nintendo 64, but it's clean. It's not, yeah. I used to, you had to do dirt and grime to make something look detailed, but it's like, no, 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 dude, there's like a little pack of cigarettes right there in the corner. There's a thing of cars, the Nintendo 64 with the little cartridge in it. It's like, so that's why I started learning that from you. Like, you don't have to dirty everything up all the time to make something look extremely detailed. There's a lot of artists, and you put me on game, your podcast put me on game to a lot of dope artists. That lady who does the um, paper crafts. Yeah, Maylin. She's great. She's Just awesome, yeah. Detailed. I didn't even realize it. Because, like, my first couple dioramas were, like, a base that you would stick an action figure on <laughs> and then a backdrop. Not detailed, really, at all. Something from, like, a movie. And um, I'll tell you how I got into sculpting. It was like I took it to, I went out and had like a little lunch meeting with a buddy of mine. And um, I was like, check this thing out I made. You know, I spent hours on it. It's like one of my first pieces. And he's checking it out. And he's like, oh, God. And he's looking. It's been like 10 minutes. And he's just looking. And he's like, I can't believe this is crazy. And then he's like, how did you, how did you get all that detail on the action, fi- on, the, on the figure? And I was like, oh, I, I didn't make the figure, bro. I just made the I made the diorama, so that was like, you could see the look in his face where you just kind of like, oh, and then they just kind of crushed it for me. I was like, yeah. dang it! They're like he, his excitement was about the figure, not so much the work. So yeah. that took my diorama game up to another level. So I was like, I gotta wow people with just the base, and then also I started sculpting. I was like, I just want to start making my own figure so I can get that same reaction. Yeah, uh, that's where uh, I have to say that's where you caught my attention was obviously it's what made me follow you but it for me it's like the huge differentiator between what you do and what i do and what i wish i could do um Mm -hmm. i know we we've spoken in the past about like collaborating on some stuff or me sending you some work just because i have again i have a lot of clients that ask for you know figures and stuff so yeah yeah the the figure stuff the NECA's, it got played out like i just told you that story about how people think and still to this day i go to shows and i'll take a couple dioramas with me and they'll think, they'll be amazed at, like, I have this Evil Dead one, and it's got all these details. It's the work shed. And then Ash is a NECA figure, and people are so, they love that. Thankfully, that one, the diorama is good by itself, but they love the figure so much. I'm just like, man, I wish I had sculpted that figure. So I could just say that the whole thing is mine, you know, that I made it from the ground up. You understand that. 100%, idea. yeah. Let's do the whole thing. Um, but, yeah, that's part of the reason why I got into the sculpting and just wanted to go for realism because some of these figures we talked about this is the joints the joints kind of take me out of it it makes it more of like I don't know just it just it removes you from the realism like I think you said too it's just not as realistic you could tell that it's a toy it looks like something you let a little tip for for people that you know are getting into it or want to use figures I have used figures in the in the past um when it was sort of like you know, when I was at a point in my career where like, I didn't want to say no to paid work. Mm-hmm. Um, and my trick back then was like, I'd get like a NECA figure or something like that. And I would just use like epoxy sculpt or something. Yep. And I would just like sculpt over the joints and fill them um, yep. after I glued the figure in like whatever pose mm-hmm. I wanted it in. And then you can repaint it covered in fabric or, yep. or whatever you want. That's like an alternative if you can't sculpt yourself. 100%. Um, and sort of to ask you what you asked me before, um so you do a lot of like only horror mostly horror or that's the thing dude is like i'm not i love the horror stuff it's my favorite i guess you said it on your last episode you got to find a niche yep i guess that's my my shit right now especially with this michael myers stuff going on yeah but um no it's um it's not my only love and i love all kinds of things i love all kinds of pop culture i love batman you know obviously love like comics um Starting to dabble into Star Wars a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've never seen this. Is probably where this podcast ends. I've never seen Back to the Future, so <laughs> I've never seen those type of movies. I gotta watch them. I love Rick and Morty. I know that's heavy influenced by well, that. Well, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no I, I get it. I get it. Oh, so it's. Uh, I'm trying right now to 
not get caught into this like um, velvet prison, right? Because I'm like making all this cool Michael stuff and people love it, but it gets taxing. It's like, all right, I'm done. Like I just ended the Myers run thing I was doing. I was like, I'm done with the Myers for a while. I just, it get, I'm, I love them, but I'm tired of looking at the dude. Like I just, I yeah. just did like a bunch of them. So it's cool because you, this is what's making you money, right? And this is what people want and you want to just kind of ride that wave, but yeah. uh, it kills my creativity. So I need to find a way to just make it work, make the things I want to make and do other commissions and, and stay creative and just uh, keep being successful that way, which I, I'll figure that out. But, you know, so yeah, it is, horror is my main thing for sure. Um, and that's what people always come to me for or ask when they do. Um, and it's a blessing. But and do you do one-offs? Say that again? Do you do one-offs? Yeah. I'm, next year, I really want to start doing more one-offs. More like polymer clay sculptures. You know, something that I can harden. Because right now with wax-based, like oil-based, like uh, the monster clay and stuff, that doesn't harden, you know, so I can't. So what do you do? You make a mold of it? I could, yeah, I could make a mold of it. That's but that's 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 even more work because mold a whole lot of art in itself, you yeah. know, like because now it's like, and we're removing arms, removing the head. It, it could be done. It's not like it's overly complicated. So hold on a second. You're telling me that when you make ten Michael Myers, <laughs> each one is sculpted. No, fuck no. no oh, no, okay. No. Michael, the Michael. But here's the thing, though. The reason that I did Michael for my very first mold, because I wanted to learn how to mold a figure, Michael mm -hmm. was no brainer because he's yeah, a one piece suit and one piece. He's posing. He's not posing or doing anything. He's just standing there, especially in the what I wanted to capture was like my Michael was like the early stalking phase where he doesn't have a knife and he's just standing there and he has bad posture and mm -hmm. he's behind the bush or he's in the sheets yep. or he's in the window. Very, I knew doing a two part mold front and back was going to be pretty simple um at least i thought i found out but you know so it's easy for me to just do that style but if i want to do something dynamic where i'm like freezing emotion not posing but like i want to capture emotion a movement and then i got to remove the arms do that separate do the head so i would do it one off but it just seems it would seem kind of like a waste and then it's not a one-off at that point if you're making a mold because now you have the ability no, the the, the those those were two separate questions. Like the okay. the mold making was one question. Gotcha. And gotcha, do gotcha. you make one offs was was another one. Yeah. Obviously, you wouldn't make a mold if it's not right, something right, you're right. going to like repeatedly make, right? Yeah. No, I I like what you said though about like, taking advantage of the moment. Um, I did remember you saying that in that podcast I watched, and I was like, okay, I didn't even realize that that's what I was doing. I just did. I just saw an opportunity. What am I going to say? Like, no, nah, I don't want to do it because I don't want to recreate this scene. I ended up doing four. Mm -hmm. At least I said, and then that turned into eight quickly because people kept the enemy, and I was like, "All right, fuck it." And then I finally said to say no more, like, because it's work, you know. It's it's more tedious. I just got done. I shipped the last one out like uh, maybe a week ago. So, but it's been cool, man. I'm I'm just grateful. It's a it's a weird thing when something goes viral. It's not even my first viral video because on TikTok I had something that hit like four million views, yes. but it was like. For like my microwave or some shit. Like I was, I bought a box of clay, put the clay in there and I have some retro microwave. It's cool, but not like 4 million views. Cool. But if you look at the comments, it's like, dude, where'd you get your microwave? And, um, <laughs> it, but it's just like, doesn't that suck though in a way? Like you got 4 no, million like, views, but it's like because of your microwave and not your work. How do I ride this wave, bro? Like yeah. you start, and start a microwave business. <laughs> yeah. But no, nah, like, it was just me microwaving it on the hallway. It was a whole vibe start the sculpting project it was the first video i posted of me making a michael figure so it was cool but yeah, there was that nothing really to do i was like this ain't gonna be done for a while so um that was my first experience with that and so it's, it's just kind of weird it's just it's strange because i'm not used to all that audience and attention i know my stuff's cool i know my stuff's good but you know it is it's unfortunately social media isn't necessarily like the meritocracy that it should be where like the best have the most audience. I, nope. I guess it kind of is at the same time, but you said this before that um, you can't just be a dope arts and you got to be good at a lot of things. You have to be like multi-talented at different things. And the same could be said for a lot of platforms, a lot of different um, avenues. Like there's plenty of rappers out there that are can freestyle on any beat, but can't put an album together. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to be, you do got to be on the social media tip. You do got to be marketing. You do got to be all these other things. And um, I'm figuring it out. I'm still learning all of it. Yeah, like, like if, if you do amazing stuff and don't know how to film it, 
and don't know how to edit a reel together and don't know yeah. how to like it's it's sad in a way because there's so many artists that are not getting the attention they deserve help ours but at the same time like i i feel like almost any industry you know the more skills you have under your belt the more of a benefit is for you you have to know how to film your stuff how to light your stuff how to <laughs> promote your stuff how to it's these are all skills that have nothing to do with art right they have nothing to do with what you're making right. so it, it's you know like the amount of companies that pay me to make stuff and they don't even want the thing they just want the reel on instagram wow it's bizarre it's so bizarre and it's i'm still like it's still new to me and i was talking to ryan about it too on my last podcast and he was approached with similar things um and my most recent one was the uh the christmas the the christmas room that i did with all like the yes the call outs the christmas movies that was for a sennheiser and at the end of it i was like so what do i do with this thing they're like well we don't need it so i sold it at like a huge discount because they paid me to make it basically you know that going in they didn't want it uh i knew that they didn't want it um and i built it in a way i built it a lot like a movie set <laughs> so the walls were wild meaning like they were they weren't nothing was glued down um it was almost built like a like a child's dollhouse everything was just there gotcha um and then and it wasn't like the back wasn't finished nice painted black the way i normally finish my stuff uh, the lighting was all like loose wires in the back that I would just clip to mm-hmm. like my my um, my battery like just loose. Uh, and then I reached out to them like, "Hey, do you guys mind if I sell it? Like, I'm getting a lot of feedback on it, whatever." And I'm like, "I have no use for it, you know." And they're like, "They're like, yeah." And they're like, "Actually, you know what? We're gonna give away a pair of headphones to whoever buys it." So, which was cool for me, but it was like smart for them too, right? Because right, it's like an extra little promotion that they're not paying for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's what I did. So I finished it off nice. I, you know, tucked in the wiring and then all that, and it was ready to go. But that was like a little bit of a weird one in terms of, uh, you know, wasn't planned. Right. But, you know, well, you said you were doing all the, um, the video and all that stuff before you started doing the miniatures. I was doing video, but not the type of video that we do now for social media. Like right. I was doing like. For example, if I had a company that was selling like mugs or something, and it was like videos for their website and things like that. So it was like all the mugs like sort of laid out on a table and then I would just do like a pan of like the mugs and it was like before social media was like huge. See, like, that's this is, like people were advertising like on their own websites and stuff like that. It wasn't for social like, media. You were talking about um, how you kind of were, you've been doing this for 10 years. So social media blew up during, you yeah. know what I'm that's got to be crazy like to just be doing what you're doing and you're not and you're reaching very limited amount of people and then you could just mess around shoot a video edit it and how you got millions of people looking at your stuff yeah. it's like the best fucking thing for you for us for creators for artists yeah for all artists you know it's yeah. like the- and i always tell people uh you know you're one one or two viral videos away from turning your hobby into a business. Bro, it's crazy. It's so and crazy. It, like, honestly, even now, like, it's still happening to me now. I was at 154,000 followers okay. a week ago. Mm-hmm. And my retro room went viral. And it's mm-hmm. still going. It's at 1.5 million mm-hmm. on Instagram. So from 154 last week, I'm at 174 today. In one week. That's great. And you know Even what? I'm blown away by that. I'm like, that's insane. That's dope, though. That's dope that you're not like desensitized to it because it, it is a crazy thing. I don't ever want to be like, this is normal to just have millions of people looking at this <laughs> thing I made. Like, that's a weird thing. And when you probably already have like 100,000 or plus or whatever, it's, it's probably even easier. Would you say it's easier for you to just continue to grow? Because people see people, is there a thing where like, and I'm asking, I don't really know, is there a thing where like you go to someone's page and you see like 100,000? You're like, you see some cool stuff, but you're more inclined to even just follow just because you see all these other people following. Like there's like, I think I know what you're saying. And I think that happens way before hundred K. Okay. Um, I think like 20, 30 K like anything over 10, if someone lands on your page and they think what you do is cool, 
and you have over 10,000 followers, I think that's like a little bit of an incentive. Like, well, 10,000 people think this is cool. Okay. Like he must post regularly or like that to me, that's all that like a large following tells me is that like, they must post often. They must post like, you know, like cool stuff all the time. It's not like someone that posts once a month, you know? Yeah, but you started with me when I had like four thousand followers. So shout out to you. Shout out to you for supporting me because people like you, like the and there was a couple other artists um that were like supporting me early from the jump when I had like two thousand, three thousand. I was like, wow, this person has like a hundred thousand. They like my stuff. It gives a lot of up and coming artists a lot of confidence too because it's like, hey, I know it's just social media and it's not a real place. It's just this thing, mm-hmm. but. It does mean something. It has a lot of influence, and it can, like you said, it could change your whole, your whole thing. I wouldn't have just had this huge and made all the money I just made and been able to like share my art with all these people. And just in the past four weeks, had I not just made a video and went from like four thousand followers to like seventeen thousand in like a matter of a week. Like it's like just one little thing, you know. And then you guys reshare it. Um, you know, people are like commenting on it. It's just it's great the support out here, but. You know, like when I, when I remember when you messaged me and um, you hit me up early when I didn't have that many followers, it, it showed me, I was like, okay, my stuff is good. Like my stuff is good. Yeah. Like it's, there's, there's quality and the numbers will come, but you got to stay, you got to yeah. just insist that I'm with it's that. It's like everything in life, it, 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 you can't do it for that reason. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I've I've known people on Instagram, other artists that obsess over it. like obsess over it you know they like they would hit me up and they're like oh you got a thousand followers in like two weeks how did you do that and i'm just like i did i'm like again it's not to say like it doesn't mean anything to me or whatever but like i don't look at my numbers that way you know what i mean like i've i've been looking recently because i know that one video is firing off and you know when you go from 150 to 170 like you notice you know what i'm saying it doesn't like People think like after 1K, you don't care, uh, 100K, you don't care anymore. But um, you notice it's your numbers, right? Like this is my job. It's your um, job. So yeah. it's, um, and you never know, right? Like you never, ever, like till this day, I still don't know what's going to go viral or not. Like I didn't shoot that video any differently than any other videos I have in the past. Really? I, you know, like I didn't light it differently. I didn't speak during the video differently it just people liked it you know like that's that's all it is let me ask you this do you think then there is this like weird thing with like the algorithm is that an actual thing like it's like you have to beat the algorithm because i always thought who said this um mr beast youtuber Mm -hmm. you know yeah like not (laughs) i like that dude he was like you it's not that it's not this algorithm. Your your content just sucks, and I was like, "Damn, he's right." And I don't know how true that is. I he's don't. Right. I, it's it, true. It, like you know, I heard from people like, "Oh, when you hit a hundred k, like Instagram shows your stuff to more people and whatever." It's not true. I, at least not for me. Yeah. Um, you know, like I average, like on the low end, like twenty, thirty thousand views per like reel. Which, if you look at the amount of followers I have, is it's not all of them, right? Um, and then if you look at, like, you know when you look at your stats and it shows you, like, how many of your followers viewed it versus new people? Oh, yeah. That's the stat that matters the most. The and new a lot of people don't look at that. Like, it's really cool if my followers see it. Awesome. But they're already but I want new people to see it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So usually when something fires off and goes viral... It's because the new people are seeing it. Right, and right. they might be seeing it because your current people are sharing it more than sh- they share your other stuff. Crazy. You don't even realize, like, I didn't realize it. So I was like, what? What's, what's going on with this video? Why is it going so crazy right now? And then I was like, oh, when you look at the shares, it's over, like, thousands of people sharing. So I'm like, so let me think about this. Like, if Joe Schmo shares it, and then he's got 100, let's say he's got, like, 1,000 followers, maybe half of them maybe will see that post and then somebody you know what i'm saying it just it's this weird trickle yeah. effect and it just goes on and on and on so yeah from, sharing... from my experience um and nobody quote me on this ever um 
from my experience, it's always been about 10%. Uh-huh. Um, so what I mean by that is like if someone shares my stuff and they have 10,000 followers, right? 10% of those 10,000 are going to see my thing. Okay. From those 10%, only 10% are actually going to click and go to my profile. And from the 10% that clicked and went to my profile, about 10% are going to follow me. Well, you heard it here, folks. This is how it works. David Miniatures. <laughs> that's like very rough numbers, but like, that's what I feel like it kind of is. Yeah. It might be different for like, you know, if you have a million followers, maybe the numbers are different. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's weird. I'm not trying to keep going down the rabbit hole of the social media stuff, but yeah, it is weird. Like I'll post a story and then it'll be like, um, couple hundred people and some stories would be like a couple thousand oh this is so strange how does that catch like what is the thing with the stories why is it consistently like these numbers then one post will just be like boom is it like a viral post where it's just it's pushing my story to the front of the uh it's one thing i know for sure because i've 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 watched some like instagram conferences and stuff like that um usually if something has the potential to go viral it has to pop off right away like, it's not going to pop off a week later. You know what I mean? Like, that's how Instagram says, like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to show it to a lot more people. Yep. Um, if you post it and it just, like, the views are going and going and going and going and going, um, that's when it's that's when it's headed towards viralness. Yeah. If you get a 1,000 views the first week, like, check back three weeks later, you might have 1,500, 2,000. Like it's not, it's rare that something's going to pop off like a week after you posted it. Again, this is in my experience. I I can't speak for other people, but for me, that's what it is. It's God. I wish there was a recipe, man. Like it's crazy. Today's sponsor is nine steps industries. And I've been using nine steps products for quite some time now. And I must say, I absolutely love them. The quality of their nippers is fantastic. These premium side cutters are designed specifically for scale modelers and hobbyists alike. They are perfect for cutting a variety of materials in a super clean and efficient way. Made with heat treated steel for strength. The nine steps side cutters are sure to become the first tool of choice for all your precision cutting needs. Their tweezers are equally great, made from 304 stainless steel and bead blasted to a non-slip matte finish. These sharp, fine tip tweezers are perfect for handling those teeny tiny parts without the fear of losing them to the carpet monster. To find out more about Nine Steps Industries, visit ninestepsind.com. Thank you again to Nine Steps for sponsoring this podcast. I recently got blessed with a celebrity person who bought one of my pieces and my buddy, my, um, someone told me like, I think it was my uncle who told me like, you know, maybe try to exchange with it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess I could do something like that. But I, and then I was like, but I don't know, it doesn't feel right. And I talked to someone else and they were like, no, 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 fuck that. Like build a professional relationship with this person. You know what I'm saying? Treat them like anyone else. Mm-hmm. Tell them your work. Because like what you just said, you can, in the future, you know what, what he's on, you know what he likes, and like, check this out. You know what I'm saying? So it just yep. opens up doors, like treat everybody the same. But I need to definitely do better with what you're saying, which is building more of a relationship because it's just so, I'm introverted as hell. I think a lot of artists are. But um, yeah, I could definitely do better with that part. And just to kind of try to build more of a relationship with people and make it more of a fun experience. That's kind of my idea behind like asking questions and seeing why you like to do it. Cause just sitting there staring at a screen and then sculpting something is like very tiring. It can be because you're, it's not as imaginative as um, people would think. It's like, you made this out of clay. It's so amazing. Like it was cool, but it existed, you know? And, and, and you understand that. And I remember you guys were talking, uh, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting her name again. The lady who did the paper crafts, she was talking about it. And she said, um, something about just creating things that don't exist and how she's like, where does it end? And yeah, I'm, I think next year is going to be a lot more conceptual stuff for me. You know, I pay a lot of attention to um, Simon Lee. I'm actually trying to get into his online courses right now. Um, so hopefully I can learn from him. He does like amazing. He's like the goat of the sculpting stuff. He does all concept stuff. And, um, you know, he pitched out that he was saying 
you know, if you're constantly looking at something and then recreating it, it can kind of kill your creativity, especially when it comes to sculpting. I don't know the process as much as just strictly doing the dioramas because um, I just kind of strayed away from it as of late. But moving that clay around like that for hours and hours is like it can get tiring, bro. So like I'm really trying to get into creating my own stuff and just seeing what's really inside like of my head because yeah. I know I can recreate the scenes and the things we like and maybe add tweaks to it like my closest thing to that was probably my um, leather face sculpture I just posted um it was it was totally like conceptual Leatherface is not that jacked he's not that big he's not wearing Tim's like I gave him some drip like, <laughs> you know, but that was just my take like I want to do more stuff like that that's so much more enjoyable to create something and then have all these people be like this is how he should have looked in the film I'm just like Man, that means so much to me because it's like, yeah, he kind of already, he did already exist and I just added a twist. Like, I want to do stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's kind of where I'm going to be headed next year. Yeah, that's awesome. And and good on you for the, you know, your sort of reaction to getting uh, like a celebrity to, you know, buy your stuff. Um, I've done several, several, several pieces for celebrities. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, some were completely unrelated to anything they've done. Uh, some of them it was for movies that they were in um, and I've always I've always sort of talked to them like other than saying like hey I'm a big fan whatever I've always kept it like you know I've charged them what I charge everybody else you know I don't charge them more because they are who they are I don't charge them less because I hope you know they're like I've never asked them to share my stuff I've never you know yeah. um, and I think they appreciate that uh, you know they like being treated like normal people being charged <laughs> like normal people but I've, I've never asked for you know like oh i'll do it for free if you post about it or or whatever you know uh, i never asked christopher lloyd to you know to post stuff about me um i recently did a build for sal volcano i don't know if you you know who that is practical jokers. jokers um and he actually facetimed me the the day he received it and I had like an hour conversation with him on the phone. Wow. Um, and then he's like, I'm going to post about it. And then I'm like, Hey, if, if you want, like, go for it. You know, like, I'm not gonna, yeah. Uh, I don't ask for stuff like that, you know? Um, so to me, that's the way you, you handle that, that kind of thing. Uh, hey. I know a couple of other miniature artists that have done stuff uh, for celebrities and, you know, they, they were successful because that's how they handled it. So, Right, right, right. Good, yeah. good on you for doing it that way. No, I appreciate it, man. I think, um, yeah, you gotta have a little bit more skin in the game if you're gonna, like, if you're gonna get a piece of art because dope. Like, it just, I don't know. I, I wouldn't value it as much if it's free. But if I spent four hundred whatever dollars on something, I'm gonna value, right? I mean, there's yeah. literally valuable stuff. Yeah, I just didn't want to kind of go that route, and um, that's how I'm moving. I'm still trying to. Sometimes I feel like I'm because I'm new at all this, bro. I'm just being honest with you. So I'm trying to be as like professional as possible i'm like oh, say it like this say it mm-hmm. like that i'm still trying to learn it i don't know if you can relate to that when you first started out but it's just this like this weird thing where i'm still I'm learning st- man yes okay good to know good to know because i'm and like you I know what right? someone told me this and I, and I live by it and they're like if ever you meet somebody that's more successful than you and they act like they've done everything and they know everything they have failed yeah i wouldn't trust that person I don't like to act like I know everything. I like to share what I know, share what I've figured out in the past 10 years. But to say I know everything or to say that I'm an expert in anything that I do, I'm just figuring things out like everybody else. Right. Every build I make is the hardest because I'm always trying to outdo me. I'm not trying to outdo other people. I'm trying to like, this has got to be better than the last thing I made. Even if it's completely irrelevant, not the same type of build. Yeah. You know, I was trying to up my quality, up my presentation, up my packaging, up my, like every aspect of my business, you know, um, I just got a laminating machine. I started laminating my certificates of authenticity that I send out to my clients. Um, I wasn't doing that before again, like not a big deal. No, it is. No one I, on Instagram is going to see that, but you know, my clients appreciate it. Yeah, I had someone message me because I I did do the certificates and I I had them laminated. I think I want to go smaller. I think I did um like they were pretty big. They're like eight by twelve. Um, 
because that was the sheets that I had to laminate. But I'm gonna go smaller. But yeah, laminate. Someone was like, laminate is a nice touch. I'm like, I didn't even think. Of, I didn't think that they would even recognize it. But yeah, people do. It's the little things. It just yeah. like that make people feel um, like you really care about your work. But yeah, the biggest thing I'm finding when I'm trying to push myself and challenge myself is I just don't have all the materials or not the materials, the um, sources. Like I really would love a 3D printer. I would love a um, a scale, uh, what do you the laser cutter. Mm-hmm. But I like that I'm starting out without it, you know, because I, I again I I keep prefacing that I am like really new at all this, and I like starting out from the bottom because it's these limitations are like forcing me to be even more creative, you know, because I yeah, just but you you need and and I've seen this yeah. through other people. I've seen people start with all those tools, mm-hmm. and I've seen people that started with nothing. And then get the tools. Different game. Mm-hmm. Different game. Because your your mind works differently when you've made everything by hand. Yeah, you know, I've only had the laser cutter and the three D printer since August last year. Yeah. So it's just been a year that I've had both. Everything yeah. I made prior to that was all handmade, hand cut. You know, the fanciest tool I had was probably like a chop saw and like a jigsaw. Like you know what I mean? Like I didn't have. Um, you know, my, my advice would be, you know, buy the tool when you need it, not when you think you're going to need it. Right. Right. Okay. Um, my latest, the last tool I bought, um, which I still haven't used, uh, I bought a, uh, vacuform machine. What is that? It's kind of like a stacked thing and there's like a heating element on top and you put a yeah. styrene sheet could be opaque or clear and it heats it up. And then you have your, your buck underneath, like your mold basically. And then when it heats up, you push it down and it takes the mold of that thing. This is basically how they make, like, you know when you buy packaging? Yeah. And the packaging is molded to whatever you bought? Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. that's uh-huh. vacuum formed. It's basically it heats the plastic and then the vacuum sucks it onto the shape. So I had bought it originally um, for the Netflix oh. project because I had to do an ice cream store. And... Uh-huh. For some reason in my head, I don't know why, I thought the ice cream windows were like, you know, the curved ones? You know where you yes. look at the ice cream? I thought it was like yeah, those yeah. curved. And I was like, man, how am I going to curve like plexi, like perfect, whatever? So I was like, I need a vacuum form machine. So I bought one. And then when I finally get to doing the project and I get the references from Netflix and everything, it's actually just a flat piece of plexi, like at a 45. And I was like, wow, I just bought this thing for no reason. But I kept so it buy- just because I was like, I'm going to need it one day. But right, 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 right. Yeah, no, I um, I'm not tripping like as far as like the three. Like it takes a little bit more time. Eventually, I will go down that route. I'm not one of those artists that's like, uh, no, the 3D printers. The biggest thing I run into when I'm I do shows, like I do conventions, horror cons, stuff yep. like that. But biggest thing I run into, which I figured out, um, is being next to or just a few tables down from someone who's like their whole booth is 3D printed stuff which is cool, mm-hmm. get your money by any means, but I will be damned if I have someone come to my table and is like, looks and thinks that my stuff is 3D printed. It's just, it's cause it's just not, I can't allow any people, anybody to think that because it's just not the same thing. It's yeah. like, yeah, I figure, which is a compliment. People think that my stuff is 3D printed cause you can get amazing quality on a 3D printer, probably yeah. the best. But um, yeah, it's just like, no dude, like I'm, I do make all this stuff by hand and, and I can't let you think that see my prices and then just scoff or something because it's just different. It's just different. Like if it's handmade, you know, where we're headed now, I don't really know, but I think people are intimidated by the whole AI or the 3d stuff, but I think there's more value placed on AMA items as well. At the same time, like people are valuing it more. It seems hundred like. percent. I don't do the whole booth thing. So maybe I'm, I'm way off here, but what I would kind of do is, you know, you have your stuff on display yeah. And I would almost have like an unfinished sculpture mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. like the tools and stuff next to it. So as a visual, they're like, oh shit, this stuff is like sculpted out of yeah. clay. Do you do that? That was started, yeah. Cause like the, at the beginning, it was this, this pitch. And I got tired of saying, everything here is handmade. Everything here is handmade. I was like, dude, this is, I'm at like a flea market right now. Yeah. Like, nah, so. I just started bringing, like, my l- first thing I brought was this bust. It's a Terrifier bust I'm looking at right now. And, uh, yeah, I just would sit there. People would come by. Most people look. You'll see ten. You'll see thousands of people. 
thousands of people at a show, especially the big ones like Horror Hound or Scarefest, mm-hmm. like these massive shows that we have over here um, in the States. It's like you'll see thousands, but most people will just kind of look and walk away. So it just got tiring saying that over and over. So I just start sculpting and people will like, they'll look at your stuff, look at you, and they'll be like, oh my God, you hand make this? And then it instantly their eyes light up. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah, that's a great idea. And yeah, I, I started doing that like three shows ago and it's been, excuse me, it's been a game changer just sculpting on hand. So now I don't have to really talk as much and they can just kind of see me work. And I know a lot of illustrators that do that too at these shows, they'll just be sitting there, you know, and, and people, it's funny because people will get like intimidated, especially if your work is of that caliber and just everything around your booth, like the social status just seems high because your booth is this big thing. And I'll see people like this guy will be working and then people will like come up and just talk to the person that works with him and be like, so is he, is he, he's like, as if he's not right there. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like, so, it's, so I mean, does he make this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, that's a great idea though. When yeah, that's been a game changer for sure. But yeah, I'm trying to find my um, my avenue. I don't really know, man. Like I think that was the whole thing behind like Caleb creates. I didn't want to put myself in a box. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what where these things are going to lead. I don't know if it's just going to be figures and dioramas and um, maybe start getting into busts, maybe life size things. I don't know if I would make props for a movie, um, special mm-hmm. effects. You know, I, I've had directors say that to me, like, dude, if you could do this, you could do some guts. For yeah. me, and I was like, all right, you know, you just don't really know. I never say never. Two years, yeah. a year and a half ago, my cousin was like, you should, or two years ago, he said, you should start sculpting. I was like, that's a lot of work, man. I just like doing the diorama stuff. It seems <laughs> like, and I was just intimidated. You know, yeah. I'm mad enough to, that I was intimidated by the process. Um, And now here I am. I mean, three years ago when I first started during the pandemic, I was sitting at my kitchen table, bro. And now I have my own studio. So, and now I'm on podcast with David Smith, fucking miniature. So <laughs> it's just all this stuff is like going so fast. I don't really know where it's going to go, but I'm trying to find out if it's shows, you know, do I balance the um, convention life? Because convention, going to conventions is a buildup. You have to have the inventory. You have to have the stuff to take there to sell. And then meanwhile, you know, I've heard you talk a lot about you will get um, a big project and have to tell some of your clients, um, for these commissions that you have to wait a second. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I have to try to figure that part out. Around this time of year, people want to spend their hard-earned money to purchase something that I made with my hands. Like, it's just such a weird, like, I have this idea in my head and I bring it to life and then they want to pay me for it. Yeah. And that's still, like, one of those pinch-me things for me. I don't. I hope I never lose that. Um, um, but, yeah, I'm just, I'm always so grateful. And I always just... <laughs> just love the idea that someone is like doing that and then giving it to someone that they love as a gesture of affection like hey i bought this for you and or or just i collect things myself and i put this on my wall you know it's just really humbling um but as far as what you're saying about making more uh, i'm charging less or vice versa i'm definitely gonna start going the route of making less and charging more i think it's yeah. more that's just more what I'm into. I think it hits, it's more of an impact and um, it means more. It's more valuable that way, obviously. I wanted to ask you, um, yeah. you started to do this, like, was there any, it's not a traditional job, right? Was there any like pushback from peers, from like friends, family, did anyone like look at you kind of funny? Like, what do you want to do? I can't say anyone, you know, yeah. no one really said like, oh, you know, what are you doing? Or it's stupid or whatever. You know, I'm I'm lucky that my my mom's also an artist and or whatever, so she totally got it. Cool. Um, but you know, at the I, time when I started, I was already like I was married, I had a kid, like it's not like I was living with my mom or anything. So it definitely was not taken serious. Um, and I think this is the case with you know any any artist or or whatever. You know, like I my friends didn't take it serious until you know I started having name clients. It was always like a look of like, really? They don't mean harm, but yeah. it's just like a natural reaction. And they would ask you questions that were not belittling, but sort of like, but what, like, what would they want with you? Like, what do they want <laughs> your stuff for? Yeah. Like, what does this giant company want to deal with you? You know, like that kind of yeah. stuff. You know, sometimes like I was you know open with my friends and I would tell them like, you know, they're like, oh, well, what do you charge for something like that? And I'm like, oh, I charge this, I charge that. And they're like, and people pay that 
you know, like yeah. it's it's sort of like these backhanded kind of comments. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we all deal with. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I've heard people that start other businesses that are it's not art, and they get the same kind of comments. And it's right. usually the people that are closest to you that don't take you as serious, yeah. especially when it starts off as a hobby. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, you know, I think I'm going to do this full time or I think I'm going to like go to the show. And then they're all like, really? Like, this is something you do like in your room at night in the dark. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know, uh, it's actually one of the reasons why I got on social media. I was like, maybe they'll respect me, <laughs> you know, like. It is work. I don't really give a fuck what people say. I saw this quote. Somebody posted this. You probably heard it. Like, I'll work 80 hours a week for myself, so I don't have to work 40 hours a week for someone else. Yeah. That's real life. Like, that's just what it is. And um, it might not be your type of work. And I grew up around carpenters, you know, laborers, like real men that like work. Like, I get that. Yeah. And um, I was like, nah, I would fucking kill myself if I had to do that. Like, that, that's just me, though. There is nothing wrong with doing those jobs. And I value and respect the hell out of it. I watched my dad get up six, seven days a week for years at 5 a.m. Like, there's just, it's a beautiful thing. I, I love what someone will do to provide for their family, but I'm not, that's not my situation. And I'm in a situation that I've put myself in a situation where I can just be creative. And I think more people need to do stuff like that. I think more people, whether, regardless if you're getting paid for it or not, I think people are supposed to be creative. I don't know what it is for everyone that's different. People need to create more shit because I think people are just tired of like that working. And I think that's where the pushback comes from. I don't know if it's genuine, if they really, really mean it. I think people might just be projecting a little um, when I get it. Because I wanted to ask you this because it's something I deal with mm -hmm. personally. People are, <laughs> I just think people get fed up and they're just, you see someone who's got all this freedom, which I guess I do, but I'm doing something that I love to do and that I'm passionate about. And I don't think enough people are doing things that they love and are passionate about. That's why I feel so grateful and so blessed going back to what I was saying before. Um, but yeah, I don't, I think people just need to find a thing regardless if it's your day job and then you come home and then you have this thing that you grind on for eight hours. I don't care if it's crochet, whatever the fuck it is, just be creative and do something so that people will get it. But people just don't get it because they're not doing anything that's creative that way. So no, not some people like if they don't come home and huff and puff about their job and whatever to them, it's not work. Right. You know, and I used to right. tell my friends all the time, I'm like, just because you don't like what you do and mm -hmm. you chose to use your degree and whatever it is, be an accountant or whatever it is, and you don't like it, that's on you. Right. Don't right. belittle my job and and take my work not seriously mm -hmm. because you don't hear me complaining. Uh, you know, I don't complain because I like what I do. That you know, and like, do I have little problems? Yeah. I don't yeah. tell anybody because most people wouldn't get my problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my biggest frustration lately has been like, I, I have a hard time finding boxes the size I need to ship my stuff. <laughs> this is like first world problems. You know what I mean? Like I, like I was pissed off that I had to go on Uline and buy like boxes by like, you know, pack of 25 and overpay for boxes when I receive stuff from Amazon every single day. Right. But none of the boxes are the right size for what I need. So like, yeah, that's a problem. But like, if you say that to other people, they'll just be like, that's not a problem, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah, I, I get it. It It's all situational. But yeah, I, uh, I've definitely just been trying to, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with it a little bit better. Not that it's like, it's, it's just, I just get the pushback sometimes. I'm just like, all right, dude. Like, it just, I hope you find whatever the fuck that thing is you're looking for that yeah. makes you happy. I really do encourage people to just do something that you love to do and just do it for fun. That's how this started for me. I'm sure that's probably how it started for you. Yep. I was just around. I wanted to make something and I made it and it sucked. I showed someone and they were like, what is it? Is this like fish tank decor? Like it was like some stupid thing. And I was like... <laughs> And soul into this, but all right. Uh, <laughs> that's how it started, bro. Like, yeah. it was just for fun. And then again, like, now I'm here with Davis Miniatures. So you never know where, but if it's if you're passionate about it and you really put all, everything into it, a lot of times it'll work out. You just put the work into Like, I have a lot of people comment on my stuff and will say, um, man, I wish I was talented like this, or I wish I had a thing like this. I'm sure you get that too. And yep. 
those people I take, I re I reply to them immediately, like right away. Because I'll see the comments. I don't always reply right away, but I immediately reply and just say like, um, whatever that thing is, when you do find it, just put the work in. I hope you find it. Like I just lean to let people know that because that's like the biggest thing. And like this platform that you have, and I guess now that I'm starting to have, um, it's like a good opportunity for us to just like motivate people to be creative and to like find a thing and just be happier. Like, yeah, and it's not always art, right? Like for some people, it could be working out. For some people, it could be yes. cooking. For some people, it could be decorating their house. Like whatever it is, like do what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not, you know, we talk a lot about on this podcast about doing this full time or doing this as a business, making money, social media, like it's, it's been a topic that's come up in almost every podcast, which, which says a lot, you know, for where the industry is now. Um, but I also need to stress that like, it's cool if it's your hobby mm -hmm. and you know what I mean? Like it was my hobby for years and I mean, I love it more now because it's just different now. You know what I mean? I, I love it more now because I have the time to put into my work that it deserves. Like when you have a nine to five and you know, you're working on your project like one day a week, two days a week or one Saturday a month or something like that. Like everything you do takes forever. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's hard to like get a momentum and get motivated when stuff takes that long. But mm -hmm. if it's just a hobby and, and, you know, you're doing it for you. That's great. Like you don't need, you don't need anything more than that. Um, what I think the problem is today because of social media is, you know, people may compare their social media account and their work to people like me or people like you, or, you know, people like my Lynn or people like Ryan and they they instantly feel this weight of like oh my god i have to post every day and oh my god like i don't have enough followers and that's why i'm not making money and that's why this is not a business and that's why like i can tell you almost everyone i've spoken to on this podcast and outside of this podcast the one thing we all had in common was none of us did this on purpose none of us open Instagram and be like, yo, I'm going to have a hundred thousand followers. I'm going to do this full time. I'm going to post every day. Like, no, like it, it just happened because I was doing what I loved and I decided to share it. And honestly, hey. like most of my followers have come in the past two years before that I wasn't even posting my process. Yeah. I was only posting like basically whatever you see on my website, like the final photos, that's what yeah. I would post on Instagram. And back then there was no reels and there was no, there wasn't even videos back then. It was only photos. Right. Um, and I was like many artists where I was like, I don't want to show my process and mm -hmm. I don't want to show how I do it. I don't want to show what materials I'm using. I don't want to, you know, yeah. like completely opposite to today. And it goes back to what you were saying about like AI and 3d printing and, and, and like you almost have to show today how you do something because right, that's right, where right. the value is right 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 like yeah. a lot of the value is in this is how i made it not like yeah. here's a taxi cab you know what i mean like people like the general public is educated enough now where they know there's five different ways you could have made that yeah even kids too even kids like kids will come up to my booth when i'm at shows and they're like you scroll, like they know all these like YouTubers that are like north of the border and yeah. um, boy like hobby like they know all they're yeah every it's all there it's all on the platform and, and I get what you're saying about not showing it but for the most part everyone's already done everything so it's pretty much already out there in the ether it's on the internet it's on YouTube yeah. like that's why I'm always you know? surprised where people are like they almost they're almost upset they're like why don't you have tutorials and I'm like because there's a million people showing like teaching it better than I yeah. could I'm not a good teacher and I'm a good maker I'm good at what I do but I'm not like it's so innate in me and I've been doing it for so long I wouldn't know where to start to teach yeah. someone something because it's like it would have to be almost one-on-one -on -one. like I would need to know like your level of skill and like take it from there 
Yeah. And but even then, like I would the bore best. myself to start like at step one. Well, like I'd be like, this is not interesting to me. I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, you might even expect them to be like, this is so simple. Why don't you get it? A lot of the best people at things, especially like athletes too, um, don't usually make the best coaches. If you're like a natural athlete, just so good at yeah. it, you're not necessarily be like the best coach. It is what it is. But um, dude, I want to ask you: Do you have your own stuff in your house? Do you collect your own work? No. Nope. Do you just you don't? I have nothing. Does that bother <laughs> you? Do you sometimes want to keep your own stuff? Do you? I know time too. Obviously, that's probably the biggest thing. But like, you ever get done with a piece and you're like, I don't want to sell this. Like, I want to. I used to feel that a lot, <laughs> but now I think it's sort of like that business part of it kicks in, and it's just, you know, like I have like one day that I really enjoy the piece, which is <laughs> the day after it's done, is the day that I film it. I photograph yeah. it for my website. Um, and sometimes I'll just stare at it. I'll enjoy it and then mm -hmm. pack it up. <laughs> and, yeah. um, sometimes I'll have like long-term projects that hang around. If I'm doing like the whole town from Back to the Future, okay. I'm doing building at a time. So I'll have all the buildings from that, um, decorating this place a little bit. But I have like mass-produced stuff. Like, like a lot of people, I have a DeLorean. I have Batman figures. I have Funko Pops. I have stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But... Yes. I kind of, I feel like if I would have my own stuff, I'd constantly be like picking at it and updating it. And like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you should make a miniature of your shop. And I'm like, are you nuts? Like I'm in here 10 hours a day. Like, uh, no, no. <laughs> no, like the pieces that I do have are pieces that just didn't sell at a show. Um, like I had this, uh, Michael Myers telephone one, and it's just a piece that like in sitting here, and he didn't go at a show, but it just so happens that like Nick Castle was there. So, no way. So I just fucking like had him sign it. Sick. Nick Castle, the shape. And I was like, I put it back on my shelf. This is during the show. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and um, put this back up. Maybe bump the price up because you're in it. And so I was like, are you dumb? No, don't sell that. That's you keep that. So I was like. Okay, I'm the same way. Like, I'm just kind of like, it's just business at, at the end of the day. Like, I love it, but yeah. I, I'm not as attached to it anymore because I can just make more type deal. I yeah. know I can make more. I have the ability to do that, but... I mean, the signed one, I, I would see why, like, I'd want to keep that too. Yeah, I'm keeping it. No, yeah. I, after I thought about it, because I was just so, like, in the mode. We're at the show. We got to make some money. We are going to... But now nah, I was like, yeah, I'm really glad that I kept that piece. That's my guy yeah. now. I've so. actually been asked... Uh, like by some people that I've made stuff for, they've asked me to like make sure there's a room for someone to sign it because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. take it to conventions and stuff, you know. So, yeah, um, I did the um, uh, the corner of the restaurant from Seinfeld. Yes, mm -hmm. and the guy was like, he's like, yeah, he goes, I he goes like, he goes, I I get a lot of stuff signed, so he's like, if you can like make sure there's room, you know, for Jerry to sign it. Yeah. Uh, so where the windows were, I put black plexi uh, instead of glass or mirror or anything like that. So I said, just make sure you get a silver Sharpie and like keep it, you know, with a, and have him sign the window. And I said, if you don't want it that obvious, he can sign the sidewalk with like a black Sharpie. Right, right. Did he sign it? I don't know yet. No, I haven't heard back, but yeah. Yeah, that's always a great honor. Like having some of these people, like I met Kane Hodder at a convention, the Jason yeah. from like Park seven eight nine one of those super cool dude he signed with the jason that i did um gave me a ton of shit for it because it wasn't his jason super cool <laughs> was it the I og jason no it was it was like the concept okay i mean it was like it wasn't even a it was like um who's that dude from ninja turtles that has the uh the hockey mask uh casey, casey jones casey jones yeah with the hockey stick so it kind of had like sharper edges Okay. Just a little bit more of an aggressive look. Um, and just, he had like a machete and he had like axe and he was like holding it. It was pretty cool. But um, no, nah, he was really cool and signed that piece and I had this photo with him. That's the thing I love going to these shows because like sometimes I just randomly meet him. I don't go there for the celebrities, but if you meet him, you meet him. It's cool. But there's so, you always have like this crazy interaction with him. I have this photo and like he does this thing where everybody, it doesn't matter if you're a child, a woman, like, He'll take a photo and he will grab the shit out of your neck. Like, I'm 
crap the fuck out of it. So like every photo, if you look with a fan, you're like, like that's like their face in every photo because he's squeezing the shit out of you. He's like a, a for real stunt man. Um, but that's not like, so awesome. Yeah, like these are like the coolest people. That's why I don't know if I want to stop doing the shows. I, I love doing like the online and just you know shipping things out and working <laughs> from home like that. But going to the shows is just like a nice break. So I think I might like break it up. Would could you see yourself ever doing something like that? I've been asked. I get asked every year a couple of times to yeah. do Comic Con, to do this, to do that, and like I can't. I don't have anything. It kind of yeah. goes back to what you asked me before. I don't have anything to show. Yeah. So for me to do these shows, I'd have to make at least like five or ten pieces. Yeah, it just I, it doesn't work with like my workflow. Yeah. Do you find most of your sales are like in the states, or do you ship overseas too? Are you everywhere? I ship everywhere. Um, yeah. I would say ninety-five percent are in the U.S. Yeah, you just kind of find a kind of try to um manage it, just kind of space them out, try to do them quarterly. And I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna try to balance the commission and the shows making my own stuff it just i'm excited for like the new year and just figuring it out and just figuring out like where how i'm going to balance all this stuff out but then social media is like a whole other thing too i wasn't really as inclined to post as much because i wasn't getting the audience that i felt like i don't want to i maybe i shouldn't say deserved but that i wanted yeah um, so, like i wasn't posting as much but now that it's there it's, it's this weird like ben parker like great power comes great responsibility. Like you got to fucking keep posting because you want to make sure that you maintain the audience. And I'm grateful that people are following because it's, I don't know. It's just this, it's like this weird machine where it all works together. Like followers, yeah. right. Business. But that's a then, common, that's a common thought, right? Like uh, I, I heard of so many people that like, they're not getting the reactions or the following that they want. And they're just and, like, well then forget it. And, and it's, you, the opposite right like if you're not getting it then you got to keep posting and post more and post better a lot of people think it's like instant and 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 all that and it's it's not you know like yeah there's the there's the the one percent you know that like overnight they have a million followers and everything goes viral and blah 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 like and art it's like you get everybody everybody's opinion on it and you know what this is accurate this is not accurate you're amazing you suck like you know you can't you have to be a little bit like tough, you know? That's how I knew that shit don't bother me. Like, that's how I knew I was doing. I was like, okay, this is really happening because there would start getting haters in the comments. And I was like, all right. That's to me, I was always raised that that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, that's a great thing if you have people talking. If you're hating, about you're watching. Bro, regardless, it's all publicity. Like, I don't really, and you're commenting, and that comment drives my post further, you yeah. know, or you're talking about me out there. Like, you're still spreading my name around there. So, I don't know. Like I was, I was, I'm always, I smile when I see negative. I saw someone comment on your shit the other day because I commented and I saw a stupid ass post. And I was just like, it just, it's funny to me. I don't understand it. I don't know why. Um, I don't know what's up with these people that like will comment something, see somebody that put all this time and effort into something that they love. They're doing what they love. And then just be like, nah, I'm going to just say something negative and then keep it moving. And that's the thing with social media is like nobody's held accountable. You would never say that to my fucking face. No. You wouldn't ever do that. No. Because you don't, like, you know what I'm saying? Like you just, nobody's being held accountable. You could just say whatever you want, have these stupid ass opinions, and then you could just keep on scrolling. Yeah. The comments I find stupid are like, especially when I do my retro rooms, some people, like the biggest thing I got on that, because it went viral, so I had a shit ton of comments, was people mm -hmm. saying like, oh, the 90s isn't retro. And I'm like, why? Because it me. I'm like, why? Because it makes you feel old. Like it at, retro just means in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it was the one I saw it. I just started laughing. I was just like, bro, it was wrong with people. Like, what? I anyone that's like winning, yeah. would never. You know what I'm saying? Like anyone that's doing well would never go on somebody else's post and be like, say some negative shit. You know, it's just it's just not how it works. And just the people let them that fail. You, yeah, it's like the people that usually are commenting some negative thing or hating. If you go and look at their lives, they're not usually, most of the time, they're not doing better than you. No. And whatever that can mean, whatever success means to you, in some sh way, shape, or form, you have something that they don't. So I always just try to kill with kindness. I always don't, because I'm just like, dog, I'm winning. Like, you're commenting on my shit. Like, it's all good. So yeah, exactly. I, anyone, that, anyone that's out there that's, like, getting butthurt, don't. You're doing a good job if they're yeah, talking yeah. shit. There's this one YouTuber that I watch that has, like, millions of followers and whatever. 
And uh, at the end of every video, he's always like, if you think I'm an idiot and I suck and I'm not creative, he's like, let me know in the cuff. And it's because he's like, it drives my shit up. Like it make, gives me more views and everything. So it's like, let me know in the comments if you think I suck. Right. And, and like just, you guys around it. I'll talk with them a little bit and they'll be like, okay, that's two comments. Can I get three? And then they won't comment back after that. I'm like, dude, you don't understand. Like you're helping me grow. Thank <laughs> you. Have a great day. Yeah, so I don't know, but that's that's a good thing. Adrian. All right, Caleb, it's been awesome talking to you. Um, keep killing it. I'm going to keep following you, watching your stuff, and shooting you messages. I think we definitely need to figure out how to work something together. I need more horror in my repertoire. So yeah. super interesting conversation. I think people are going to learn a lot of stuff. I hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me, brother. Uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Anytime. Scale Talk Podcast with David Miniatures.